Hello, movie lovers. Welcome home. My name is Amy Hensterling, and you are listening to Watch This List Unplugged, Insomnia Cinema. This is episode three with my dearest friend, Jetta, who uh, most of you will know as the Iron Cupcake on Letterboxd. Jetta uh, was on the regular Watch This List talking about disaster movies, and now she is back to give me not a disaster movie, but a crazy movie called From Beyond, made by Stuart Gordon. Jetta, welcome. I'm so glad to see you in your office. Please say hello to everyone. I'm delighted to be here um, <laughs> to talk about this absolutely ridiculous movie. And Jetta, um, like everyone that I've asked so far, she only had one response. When I said midnight movie, she was like, I got it. Like, did anything else even come into your mind? Yes, but I oh, thought... Okay the second choice would be something I would never ever subject you to so what is that oh you don't want to know Jenny you have <laughs> you to tell me watch it. you have to tell me now there's no um, way it's a little movie called blood sucking freaks you don't want to watch it you blood really sucking. don't want to watch it great midnight choice uh-huh you don't want to watch it everyone so. is looking that up right now yeah well okay so so maybe someday when I'm stronger and I I'm further along in my cinephile journey and then I will be able to stomach such a title. I don't know. I don't even know if I can watch it again, but Oh, Jetta. Wow. This should have been the question I, mean, I asked you. Like what's the grossest <laughs> movie you've ever seen? Is that the grossest movie? I mean, it could be. I just, I mean, I love it because someone who's in it ended up being an assistant principal at my high school. So just for that, I think it's hilarious. Wow. It is so disgusting. But he ended up being such a lovely, nice person in real life. So I just think that's great. But it's just incredible that your yeah. references never end. Okay, so we're going with From Beyond. But before we get into that, um, since I have started asking people uh, questions that I feel like in are inspired by the movies that they pick, um, the thing that made me the question that came to mind after this movie for you was, what is your favorite movie? with the best leading protagonist who's a female? Well, that's super difficult to pinpoint because mm -hmm. I like so many different genres. I mean, I thought about sci-fi because of the movie we're talking about today, but mm -hmm. I also thought about just in general. If I had to say just one, I might say Crossing Delancey because I love Amy Irving so much in it. Mm -hmm. Maybe possibly the best rom-com ever. I've never I seen that movie. Oh my god, you have to like stop recording and watch right now. I'm gonna write it down. Incredible. Hand write um, it down. But I also came up with a top five, but then that also became a top ten, and then I thought, oh no, that's way too much. But I thought you would appreciate for this podcast me just rambling on and on. Yes, Jedi, please give us your top five. Please. I also thought of Pam Greer and Jackie Brown mm -hmm. because she's amazing. Classic. Molly Shannon and Superstar. Obviously, also great. Wow on the other end mm -hmm. barbara stanwick in the lady eve mm. incredible and ball of fire true although yeah. i feel like the lady eve if we're just talking character might okay. go with lady eve but she's so cute in ball of fire sorry oh, i, I just saw ball of fire but I she's, know. she's so adorable that's so true and then i thought because we were talking about australian movies recently and i love strictly ballroom so much tara maurice in that movie i just i love any character like her or like the other women I mentioned who just go after what they want and mm. they're just so courageous, uh, you know. 
the dancing too. Incredible. So all that's of those wonderful. Movies. I appreciate the top five uh, gesture, and I have to see Crossing Delancey. So mm-hmm. obviously that's that's right up there with Captives. The only reason I haven't seen Captives also, by the way, is because I couldn't find it, and then you finally told me where to where to view it. But that's mm-hmm. the crazy dentist. I have not forgotten your Good. most underrated film. Absolutely. That everyone needs to watch. Okay, so Jetta, let's dive into this. From Beyond, um, directed by Stuart Gordon, who also did The Reanimator. Mm-hmm. Who does it star, and why do you think it's the perfect midnight movie? So it stars Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton, who were also in Reanimator, and also in another very interesting Stuart Gordon movie called Castle Freak which, of course, is all about a freak in a castle. Mm. Um, and they were also in an incredible movie called The Evil Clergyman. So check that one out. Jeez. Not directed by Stuart Gordon, but connected. Um, mm-hmm. But From Beyond has something really special about it in the way that these two actors, who I love so much, just get to go on this totally absurd, crazy journey, mm-hmm. um, especially for anyone who's familiar with H.P. Lovecraft and the, um, you know, realms of thought that he wandered into. Mm -hmm. And really, Stuart Gordon just, like, goes totally off the rails because the actual story is so short and only one character in the movie is actually in the story. Stuart Gordon and his uh, co-creators really just went off the deep end in making something totally their own. Um, But Combs and Crampton together are so much fun. And it also has yes. Ken Foray, who I love too, because From I think Dawn his of character. The Dead. Yes, uh, his character might be the best in the whole movie. I love <laughs> him so much. Um, Ted Sorrell, who is the mad scientist who really instigates all the uh, chaos. Um, Doctor Notorious. Yes, who also is not in the story. He was just a wonderful creation of, uh, <clears throat> you know, the screenwriters' minds. And of course, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Stuart Gordon's wife, Carolyn Purdy Gordon. Because she always plays someone totally unpleasant in his movies. And once again, she is that um, as a doctor here. So, fantastic. All as you usual, you love the cast. You love, mm-hmm. the, you love the actors. You are, you are an actor's critic almost, I feel. And I didn't just... even really say what happens in the movie. But that's oh, just sorry. like Go to ahead. get you started. Yes. Um, so, it all starts from the idea of a resonator a machine that can somehow conjure these eel-like creatures in all various shapes and sizes. Mm -hmm. Apparently they're floating around in the air all around us. Mm -hmm. Um, It takes the machine to bring them to the light. But when they do, uh, you know, I guess the world is going to just fall apart. And um, Dr. Pretorius wants to take over the world, I guess. Maybe. His... his, uh, (laughs) His final objective is somewhat unclear. We know what he likes to do in his free time, though. Yeah, um, that's another fascinating thing about the movie. The idea that, like, it's kind of like, the whole thing is kind of like worrying about, you know, castration and impotence. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what happens if Dr. Pretorius and um, Crawford Tillinghast, as played by Jeffrey Combs, can't have sex i don't know i mean like i guess that's the worst thing imaginable it's a very narrow conception of like sexuality but it's fascinating Mm. because it's Mm. not just about like where are these eels coming from and what are they going to do when they you know latch onto your face but also 
you know, what are the characters doing in their private lives and what are their hidden desires and what happens if they come to the surface yes. and, you know, decide to wear S&M gear. You know, it's like all these things that apparently when um, brought to mind could be terrifying, but exciting. So it's a very interesting story about not only um, the extremes that science can go to, but also um, interior um, frustrations and confusions and repressions and, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's about the mind as much as the body. So it's yes, fascinating. And I feel like it's the kind of thing you would want to watch at 4 a.m. So midnight, yes, but also 4 a.m. It's something you want to watch when your mind is just like at its limits and your eyes are like watering over. And you're kind of, you, you can kind of take in anything and sort of consider it and it feel, mm-hmm. it feel like it makes some sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's very much, I mean, as far as like insomnia cinema, this is a movie that you would watch when you can't sleep and you feel like after you've watched it, your brain has melted. And I would say, I mean, we have to talk about like Dr. Catherine because I feel like mm-hmm. she she is really the main character. And one thing that I really liked about it that we were talking about was she seems to be having fun. Um, and I, I like that vibe where it seems like she's like, she's just very invested. Um, whereas like I told you, I just saw Barbarella. Mm-hmm. Right. A crazy, crazy movie in a different Absolutely. way. Um, but Jane Fonda in that movie to me seems like she's not having a great time. Whereas yeah. the other Barb over here, um, uh, Compton, uh, it seems to be really enjoying it and kind of like embracing what's being portrayed. Right, right. Not being, like, overly sexualized or exploited or anything. She seems to be, like, vibing with it. Yeah, yeah. I think she probably really embraced, um, because I I haven't gone back to the commentary track in a while, but there's some great DVD and Blu-ray versions with commentaries and interviews and all the kinds of special features where the cast talks about the experience of making the film. Right. And I think she really embraced um, getting to do more than she did in Reanimator, where as much as I love that movie, she is a damsel in distress. She, her character is pretty um, limited as far as what she can do in the story. But here, mm. I mean, she's really as much the driving force as, um, you know, Jeffrey Combs' character. Um, they're both kind of driven mad by the resonator and they're both simultaneously horrified by what it can do, but also they want to know more. They want to see mm. more. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's some talk about the fact that that Dr. McMichael's character is the girl wonder. She's just trying to do all these things to further her career and she doesn't care about her patient's well-being. And that may be true. We don't know the extent to which that's accurate. So it's very interesting that she gets to play such a murky character, but we still want to follow her and we want to see where she goes when the resonator pushes her to her extremes. Um, So I, I just, I love that. And I love the fact that Barbara Crampton had the ability to shape her character to some degree because I think Stuart Gordon really trusted her to make certain decisions about, for example, the leather outfit she wears. She picked that out. They went shopping. They went to Fredericks of Hollywood and she got to pick out the outfit that she thought would fit the character's, you know, innermost desires. And she also, without spoiling exactly what happens in the end, she decided the ending scene. She decided how her character would react. And I think that's amazing. Like, I I guess Stuart Gordon kind of had ideas about where he wanted to go with that final shot but Barbara Crampton came up with that emotional reaction and I love that like I just 
I really appreciate the fact that she apparently loves this movie so much that she shows it at parties and she loves showing Aww. it to her friends. So that's wonderful. It just it seems to come from such a real place too. Uh like the especially the ending, yeah. her reaction. Uh it kind of um it reminded me of have you seen The Omen? Yes. Like that final look mm-hmm. from from Damien. It was yeah. like it was like that where it was like, oh like it just the final frame sort of stays with you because it's so powerful. This is in a completely different way, but still. Also I called her com- Barbara Compton earlier, and it's Crampton. I wasn't going to correct you. <laughs> well, you should have, because I can't edit, and so I'm editing myself now. Um, sorry, guys. But, um, yeah, I think that that ending is epic. And um, also, I don't know if this movie reminds you of Hellraiser any, in any way, but it did to me mm-hmm. as well. Definitely, where, yeah. Where they just have these – I love the female emphasis mm-hmm. uh, of, like, someone tapping into their secret desires or you know being curious and wanting to know about themselves in the sort of horror or sci-fi setting right especially i mean it's it's a story very much about both fear and um desires and passions and the idea that at the same time that um i think it was the the special effects coordinator john nolan who said in an interview that Lovecraft wrote about bacteria as an entire world we can't see that can kill us. Mm. And at the same time, the Dr. McMichaels character has all these desires that have been lying dormant that she didn't even realize were there, but they're somewhere in there. And it took this experience to bring them up. And so, you know, I love the fact that every person in this film has so many layers and they just didn't know exactly how much was going on inside them until the resonator, um, you know, conjured them all up. So, so, so what is the, what would you say are the characteristics that it has that makes it sort of midnight or cult cultish? Like what, what do you, cause that's, this is kind of what I'm trying to learn as I'm doing these is like, well, what is a midnight movie? What is it that for the one that you picked, what about it strikes you as that particularly? So I think part of it is the cast. I think Anyone who loves um, Jeffrey Combs, Barbara Crampton, Ken Frey, I, I think anyone who loves Stuart Gordon, they realize that this is a movie that has a certain cult following or the potential for a cult following. Okay. And so it feels like something you would want to watch late at night, maybe with friends, with other people who would you know, laugh at all the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, although I will say, I actually did watch it once. I watched it on a double feature with Mandy. I wanted oh, to- wow. I wanted to show my brother, like, I, I discovered from beyond during the pandemic, uh-huh. which feels apropos, really. Um, yes. But I wanted to show him a movie when he came over to our house, uh, I don't know, let's say June 2020. So the world was in chaos. Uh, mm-hmm. Brooklyn was terrible. But he came over to my house and I wanted to show him this movie that I love. And he wanted to show me Mandy because I'd never seen it and he loves it. And frankly, neither was like the other choice. So, <laughs> it was, so but so, it's the idea so, of like trying something. And even if you don't know yeah. if you'll like it and you know, it's going to be crazy and wild and just bananas. I, you know, I think that's the kind of thing that feels like a midnight or post midnight movie, something where you don't know what to expect, but you know, it's going to be a wild ride in some fashion. So you're just going to like try it and see what happens. And you're kind of, I guess if you, I guess it's also, it says as much about like, the movie itself as your state of mind. Mm-hmm. 
like like where you're at at midnight sort of thing not just not just what in particular does this movie have because i mean i'm noticing that a lot of these have like very good practical effects this one in particular though jenna uh the practical practical effects were astonishing i read your review too yeah. about like that they used condoms for mm-hmm. yeah tell me tell me about the things that you know that probably nobody else knows just about the practical stuff so the um famous special effects designer john carl beekler was i think the head of the creation for this movie and they wanted to create something well many many creatures that would just be so bizarre and terrifying and funny um Mm -hmm. but with a particular ribbed design so condoms were used to at least make the smaller eels that float around you know upstairs not so much the giant eel in the basement which is just hilarious but um the idea that i mean incredible yeah to you jenna (laughs) The giant lamprey eel in the flooded basement. So, this is what Jenna loves. Yeah, well, go on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you're talking about a movie, like where, where someone's brain is at after midnight. Mm. Okay. So yeah. the idea that, you know, the special effects designers would use anything possible to make these creatures on mm. their, I don't know, $2 million budget. I think it might have been $2.5 million. They just did whatever was possible, and that seemed like a good idea, and it fits with all of the sexual themes. So, you know, fantastic. Yeah. Thumbs up. Yeah, there was something that you wrote about, like, how he they did something where it was, like, filmed backwards? or Yes. What was that? Um, I don't want to spoil it, but it's oh. at, the very, at the very end, there's the scene upstairs, which I will vaguely describe as... Jeffrey Combs and the monster Mm. and there's like a lot of things going on but it had to be filmed backwards because apparently there was no other way to it has to do with the makeup on his head and so there was like no other way to do it except backwards and I just love the idea that whatever these actors had to do they were willing to do it no matter what kind of makeup was involved um wherever their characters motivations led they were I guess just really into it they were just down and yeah. you get that you get that fun vibe though it this is kind of uh, reminiscent to me of like Christopher's movie where the trip just felt like a bunch of friends just making something together and then everyone being like oh let's do this let's do this and then you kind of just wing it but then it does come across as like just genuine good times yeah yeah and I also really love the idea that it's difficult to advocate for Lovecraft because it's... Mm-hmm. I was about to ask you about Lovecraft, yeah. Uh, you know, do I necessarily want to recommend his writing? Well, You're not being on him? No. Oh, and You might offend some people on here then because I know there's some... Uh, I mean... Well, it's so hard to It's so hard to separate like who he was as a person from his writing, but at least uh, for me. But okay. the idea that Stuart Gordon was so inspired by that writing that he turned those ideas into something much bigger than the story, something fleshed out. Um, mm. And, I mean, I think Lovecraft probably would have hated the movie From Beyond, and I think that's the greatest review anyone could ever give in favor of it. Well, so. but it also does have, I mean, because I was thinking of um, the thing and uh in the mouth of madness where it's like there are these the lovecraftian theme of like 
that you probably things are probably not going to work out for the best mm -hmm. uh, sort of feeling, um, I think, is almost fun in this in this way where it's just like, oh, if, if it's got Lovecraft attached, then, you know, there's going to be some weird stuff going on. But you also know that it's probably not going to have the most happy ending. Um, yeah. But it'll be like it, it'll be like somewhat existential and provocative along the way. Yeah, definitely. Um, so this is no different, I feel. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the idea that in both From Beyond and Reanimator and in other films that Stuart Gordon made, because he also, he had so many literary inspirations. He also did a version of The Pit and the Pendulum. And mm -hmm. um, he, yeah, like he, he really enjoyed pushing the boundaries. And as gross and violent as those special effects might be and as much as you might watch some of those moments and go oh why why would you ever yeah they're so entertaining and they're so funny and they really do make you think about um i don't know just the the incredible possibilities of science i mean would the resonator actually have solved any problems <laughs> no probably not it's i don't know how much can you create with doning forks but it would have been just amazing to imagine so it kind of reminded me of the what is the name of that machine on barbarella the excessive machine. the excessive machine yeah yeah it, it this is kind of a well i don't know tamer version but but similar i mean sim clearly clearly the first time that crawford and Catherine and bubba are all in that room and they turn the machine on yes there is something like vaguely mm. orgasmic starting to happen so yes. i wouldn't say vaguely well yes <laughs> if they've been in there a little longer so you know the idea that this is all kind of yeah it's all it's all rooted in you know brain power and um i don't know what's the word just i don't know i've run out of it's, words to describe what lovecraft can do well, Jetta, you had the quote at the top of your review about, and this is something that uh, I think Yarb quoted in his as well, where it's like the the minds, the meeting of the minds, like the, uh, I can't think oh, wait, of the wait, wait, exact I line. It. I have it. Give me the exact line about um, knowing the desires of another. The greatest sensual pleasure there is is to know the desires of another, quote Dr. Pretorius. That's, yeah. And I think that's the that statement is the foundation of the premise. Absolutely. I would say. Yeah. And I think that, that that just resonates with me so much. So I think that's As it should. Why. It's a resonator. I, the movie yeah. itself. <laughs> this is like the B movie comment. Yes. <laughs> that's what I'm secretly doing with all my choices. You're just trying to get me to say something accidentally that replies. Oh, Good job. Well done. But I will say also something I thought of because you know, we had been talking recently about, well, what if there was an episode about the movie with the hottest casts? And yes, I love the right. idea of choosing from beyond because not only do I think everyone in it is like insanely good looking, but also Ted Sorrell, if you read one of those reviews that I wrote, there was a time when he was so overheated by the makeup and the lights in that studio that he passed out. So literally so hot. So hot. Oh my God, poor Ted Sorrell. <laughs> that he just collapsed and he Poor couldn't man. take it anymore. Yeah. Okay, okay now, Jetta, before we before we get to how midnight is this movie, I know you have some things that you brought with you oh, to yes. share with us. Show and tell with Jetta Weinstein. Uh, go ahead. So 
first of all, so excited. Um, if I can find, oh my gosh, I have to actually find where I put it. One of the things that I brought has nothing to do with From Beyond, but I just thought it would be hilarious because I thought, well, you know, if I didn't already know that you didn't like this movie, uh, I might have picked it. But also, this would make you laugh. So okay, I hope that, I hope that this shows up on camera because it's kind of big. But a poster for a movie I love. Mm-hmm. You do not. But it's okay. beautifully framed. It's Crimes of Passion. Oh, my gosh. Look at that. If you walked into it. someone's house and you saw a framed poster for Crimes of Passion, wouldn't you think, wow, she's got a sense of humor. She's fun. I would think, wow, this person loves Ken Russell no. so yeah. much but- that – that this is framed it, it can russell and or anthony perkins but continue yes kathleen turner kathleen turner now yeah. the other thing i don't actually know where i put it oh my oh here it is okay so i also have my from beyond fan art look at that did you do this yourself oh god no oh. i can't draw but look at somebody that. drew that beautiful lovely wow where did you get this so from? So detailed. Um, eBay. Oh, you actually purchased it. I did. Please. I cannot draw. I cannot paint. Everything I do has like, it's not, I don't even know what kind of dimension it is. I mean, speaking of mm. dimensions and, and resonators, everything uh-huh. I draw is like a line and a nose and a line. Like it's, uh, there. there is no uh, detail. Not there. your strong suit. <laughs> no. But, you, you know. You need to frame that as well, Jetta, and, and hang it in I your... Know where you are yeah that's just as worthy as crimes of passion it is and honestly like who would look at this move who would look at this picture and think wow i would never want to watch that i mean wouldn't you want to know don't you have to know i i feel like i'd have to know yes especially with dr Catherine at the top and her glasses oh and then you gotta you gotta see the glasses come off and yet another thing that i love in movies where they try very hard to like unsexify a hot person just by putting on glasses and like their hair is up it's so funny when that happens and I was like oh yeah I I can see what's going on here please I mean I would argue that Jeffrey Combs is the same way in Reanimator because I love him so much you can't hide him under glasses it's you know it's just the magnetism is there Jetta always I'm surprised you didn't have him as your sexiest person but then again we know your feelings on Michael Shannon well uh there's room in the world for all kinds. Yeah. I mean, I will say when I saw From Beyond, and well, I think I might have watched it the same night as Reanimator. Like, I think I did a double feature, but I'm not sure. Oh, but nice. When I watched them both together, I was like, oh, my God, who is this person, this scrumptious man who I've never seen before? And then I had to watch 30 of his movies. So Here we go again. And I've no- I noticed this because... That's what I do. I get obsessive, and then I have to watch everything someone ever made. Which is Correct. Great. That's what. That's why you're an actor's person. Mm-hmm. And then in your review, you had it like linked to Jeffrey Combs. It yes. wasn't it. Yes. <laughs> most most normal people do this with a director, Jetta, but you um, fall in love with people. Well, I mean, I do that with directors too. But I think that mm. one of the greatest feelings you can have when you watch a movie is to either discover an actor you've not been familiar with or someone who you've seen in other things. But there's something about that experience that. You know, it's like the doors in your mind are opening and it's just amazing because all of a sudden you want to understand the entirety of their career. And also they're mm-hmm. just adorable. I mean, Jeffrey Combs, I mean, how could you not love that cheetah print blanket he has in that bedroom? Like, why does he have that? 
Did he buy it? Or was it given to him by Dr. Pretorius? I mean, I'm leaning toward the latter, but... No, I'm going to lean towards the latter. There's no way that guy... There's no way that character owned that. That is definitely... That is definitely Pretorius territory. Because he was even like, I used to sleep in his room or whatever. Remember that line? Yes, and I'm guessing also the wall art is not his own because he definitely wouldn't have bought that. But you never know. Maybe he brought it from home. I don't know. Maybe he will now. Okay, Jetta. How midnight is this movie? I think you already answered this because you basically said it was either midnight or 4 a.m., but just to confirm, and then I will tell you what I think. Um, I mean, anytime after midnight, really. I'm leaning towards 4 a.m., but I think okay. any time in the deepest, darkest point of night is acceptable. The deepest, darkest point of night. Yeah. Okay, you are not going to like my answer Uh-oh. at all, um, so I'm prefacing this. But I actually think that this movie is best as, like, a midday movie. And that's when you I, watched it, right? <laughs> and I, I, I will say maybe I need to rewatch it mm-hmm. at midnight to compare because this isn't really fair. But, like, a matinee time, um, like 11 a.m., I just had such a blast. I don't know. I was just, like, I mean, I'm glad that you it. did. For yeah, sure. I, I mean... I can't say it resonated again, but like it just it just really reached me and spoke to me. And I felt like it didn't need to be I didn't need to be in a different state of mind. Like it just works. So that's why I don't kind of think it's a midnight movie, because it does work in the daytime. Let's okay. put it that way. OK, I maybe mean, that should be my criteria. OK, in the future. I mean, I love it so much that I would be happy with someone watching it at any time of day. So I'm not going to mm. really judge. But yeah. I do think there's something extra special about watching it when, I don't know, it's like sometime in the middle of the night when you have no other distraction and you can just be mm-hmm. totally, I mean, I know this is unplugged cinema, but when you're plugged into the movie, I mean, I just, I love that idea of like nothing else. It's just this. It's that pink and purple world. It's, you know, mm. all encompassing and, um, you know, incredible. We just, uh, both of us loved it. We want everyone to watch it. I liked it better than Reanimator. I think mm-hmm. you did too. Yeah. Yes. They're they're great in different ways. In different ways, but this one yeah. for sure. I mean, I've had this in my top four on Letterboxd for probably two and a half years at this point. So mm. yeah. And you went I noticed that over time you went up. Like you mm-hmm. had started off a little bit lower and now it's locked in at five stars. Yeah, I think forever. I, I needed to watch some more Stuart Gordon movies to really get a sense of his style and his interests. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I watched Dolls. Uh, that was one that really made me more of a fan. I watched mm-hmm. um, Fortress. That's fun. Uh, Castle Freak. So I think as I began to... Oh, there's one called Space Truckers. I mean, incredible, right? Oh my Space gosh, Truckers. these titles. Um, and that has Dennis Hopper, I think. Unless I'm thinking of the Just wrong movie. Him. So mm-hmm. there you go. Put that on a double bill with the trip. Um, yeah. So I, I just I love the idea that as I got more and more familiar with his work, I could just love from beyond more and more. Mm. So this would not be a Jetta episode if she didn't recommend a million other movies. So there you have it. We want you to watch from beyond, though. First and foremost, Jetta, it's gone by so quickly. Thank you for uh, sharing your passion with us. As usual, it's contagious, and uh, we'll see you at the movies. Thanks. 